So this boat is a 2019 Marlowe. It's a 70E, so it's actually 82 feet overall, which sometimes gets confusing when you're trying to pull into marinas and yeah. stuff like that. Did you find that out the hard way one time? Or yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> trying to go in and they're like, well, we could probably get you in here. And it's like, I learned that you need the 82 feet. Ed, thanks for doing this. Absolutely, it's great to have you guys come out. It's nice to finally meet you in person. We've been talking for, I guess, five or six months now. I think we're closing on on a year almost. Okay. Of like... Just working back and forth and doing... Yeah, because I've been kind of in contact with you guys about Vessel Vanguard, working a little bit with kind of what I have going on. And I think there was probably like a two or three month period there where we were like going back and forth of like, does this work for me? Like... Should I spend the money on what I'm doing? Like, does it tailor to what I need? And it's kind of funny to say, but like, you almost wish you did stuff sooner sometimes. <laughs> and this is one of the ones where it's like, man, I could have used that like a year ago. I'm like, uh, I'm glad that's the reaction. <laughs> and you're not like, gosh, it sucks. Man, that was a waste <laughs> of my money. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. And um, so if you can, real quick, before we dive into, because we're, we're going to talk a little bit about Vessel Vanguard, and uh, but primarily we're going to focus on some of the safety aspects and then like what it takes to run a management company, everything like that. Can you talk about this Marlowe that we're on right now? Because this boat is freaking awesome. There's a ton of space. The rooms downstairs are huge. There's bathrooms in each of the rooms. This living room space is great. Your space up at the helm plus <laughs> the living area. And then you've got those side controls on the side of the boat. So if we can, let's start with talking about this boat as much as you can talk about it and then kind of how you got into the industry. So this boat is a 2019 Marlowe. It's a 70E. So it's a 70 foot Explorer. Mm -hmm. And how Marlowe does it is they, the number that, they start it with. So it's either like a 66 or in this case, it's a 70. So it's actually 82 feet overall. So okay. from the bow pulpit all the way to the back of the swim platform, it's 82 feet, which sometimes gets confusing when you're trying to pull into marinas and stuff like that. Like a and 70? the side of it, it's like, oh yeah, it's a 70. It's like, no, we're actually 82 feet. Like I need an 82 foot slip. Okay. Because when I first got into it, running this boat, I was like, oh no, it's a 70. Like we're good. And it's like, no, you you are 82 feet. Like you're not fitting into a smaller slip. Did you find that out the hard way one time? Or yeah, did... probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, do you guys have any other slips? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, or like trying to go in and they're like, well, we could probably get you in here. And it's like, I learned that you need the 82 feet. Like it's- You learned that we probably can't get you in here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so this is actually a Mark II. So this is hall number one of Mark II. So it's the second generation of the 70 that they did. And the okay. other one was a little bit shorter and then a little bit, um, the beam wasn't as wide. So this one's uh, 19 six. Uh, so it's 19 feet, six inches wide. And then the other ones, the Mark ones, I'm not sure exactly how wide they were, but they're a little bit, just a bit smaller. And so they kind of learned, I'm not sure what the turning point was, to go to this style, like Mark II okay. of it, but it's, I think they have five to seven of these Mark IIs out right now. This one's a 2019. Um, I've been on a few of the newer ones, and this was kind of the like flagship of like, this is what we're going off of. And it's been cool to see 
because Marlo, once you get in with them, you're really like a big family with all of them. Like it's all the guys up at the Marlo Marine up here in Palmetto, like go up there, call them all by first name basis. Like they're super nice. And then all the owners as well are the same way. Yeah. Like when you're working with some of the owners and stuff like that at like the rendezvous and doing all that type of stuff, it's, they let you get on your boat. We'll get on theirs. Like, and it always helps with going down the road. If you're going to build a new boat with them, take something that you learned off of someone else's boat that they did differently that you want on your boat. Yeah. Like. That's cool. I didn't even think of like as a part of the rendezvous is it's not just hey, as a company, we get to interact with the owners. It's the owners get to interact in a way that's actually beneficial as you move ahead. Right? 100%. So like, if I'm the owner, plus I bring my captain and crew, you've got how many owners show up to one of those things? I think the last one we did down in Marathon, I think there were 25 boats there. That's awesome. So yeah. you get to, and you don't even get to hit all of those in a single mm -hmm. time. But even if you get on five other boats that are, relatively similar or where you want to go, yep. you can talk to that captain and be like, hey, what's the helm like? What do you like about this? Yep. Like, are you noticing this? Uh, actually, you know, this, I don't like this, but I really like this. And yeah. so if I was going to make it, I would probably make it like this. That's And like Marlowe's are starting to do this. This is what I really yeah. enjoy. Like kind of, you get to talk to them and you kind of learn that like, where did you go wrong on your build? Like, yeah. what was something you messed up on that you wish you could change now? And it's sure. like, I want to make sure that I don't make that same mistake or like tailoring it to your owner. Like, because being a captain for a full-time owner, you learn them so well. Like you literally are just a big family. You're traveling on a 82 foot boat. It's a, it's a big boat, but it gets small really quick when you have three or four guests on board, you have three crew on board, it gets small quick and you get to know each other really well. So you know what they like, what they dislike. So when you go around and you talk to all these other owners and when you're bringing them with you, bring a piece of paper with you, make sure you have your phone out, like take notes down because you will never remember everything that you talked about <laughs> yeah. during that time period. For sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's interesting, like with the new boat that you guys are building, we won't talk too much about it, but <laughs> the new model that you guys are building, just. Yeah. Even a detail, like upstairs, you have the the controls outside on the one side, but you're going to build that on both sides. Just in, And did that come from experience of like, hey, I like having this capability, but if we need to go into a different situation, I want to have this functionality 100%. in a new situation, maybe like that you didn't anticipate when the boat was built or when you came on. Like how did how does something like that come about? So the boat that we have currently, we have the inside helm. It's a command bridge, so it's an enclosed bridge up top. And then we have a port side wing station. So on the port side of the boat, we have one wing station. And then on the starboard side of the boat, the other wing station is downstairs on the aft deck. Okay. So it's kind of, if you have something happen where you have a fault or something doesn't work right on your port side wing station, before I go into a marina, I test them all. So I'll sit out in the turning basin and I'll make sure that I'll go outside to the wing station, open it up, turn it on. Do I have clutches? Do I have bound stern thrusters both directions? Yes, I do. I'll have my mate even open up the one downstairs and I'll have him test the systems as well because he's been with the boat for almost two years now. And so I'm getting him to the point that he's comfortable to maneuver the boat as well. 
So having him test something as well is something that we're kind of working towards. Okay. And like getting him comfortable with it where if something happens to me, he can at least get the boat into port, get it docked, and then we can assess the situation. So you're you're thinking of these things of, so before I go in, before this becomes an issue, <laughs> like you're testing this stuff, you're, you're getting your crew to understand how it works. If you're at a commission, like the the mission can go on yep. and everybody's not suddenly in danger. Yeah. So why do you think like that? I just, you never know what's going to happen. Like, you never know when like a medical emergency is going to happen. Sure. So let's make sure we take all the precautions beforehand to make sure that if something were to happen to me when you're 60 miles offshore, like Coast Guard can come and get me, but there's still the owner's asset sitting out there in the middle of the ocean that needs to get back to land. Yeah. So it's not like the Coast Guard's going to bring somebody out there to run the boat back. Like, I want to make sure that I have people on board that can get them back. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, so you're taking into account a bunch of different situations that could go wrong. Like, all right, understood. So then on a broader sense, just talking about safety and the operation of the boat and having the crew. And then when you have the, the owners on board and everything like that, what are some of the main things that you, what, like, what's the primary focus when it comes to safety? And then, you know, philosophically almost like, what's the main thing you focus on? And then what are some of the ways that you actually set up the boat to be safe, to have other redundancies, like training the crew? Like, mm -hmm. what do you focus on to make sure that it's safe? So, from like the training the crew standpoint, there's so many schools out there that'll help you out so much. Okay. Like there's MPT down in South Florida, Maritime Professional Training. Okay. Um, They're down there off of Andrews Avenue and they're without a doubt, that's where I do all my classes now. And so I want to make sure that the people that I have on board have their STCW, have their first aid, like have the basic like safety side down and with the stcw you're learning how to get into a survival suit what's inside of a life raft what happens when either if the boat goes down and the tether gets pulled on it the life raft will then inflate or there's a manual way to go up there and pull it to then get it to inflate making sure that because it's very costly for us to go waste a life raft sure. to train our crew that's not practical so let's send them to school that then the school will teach them all those safety steps to do it. And then that also helps for your insurance. It then also helps for the peace of mind of the owner. It, then that kind of then falls back to what we do on board. So having the first aid kits, having the training going on, making sure that people know where the first aid kit is, Making sure that the owner even knows where the first aid kit is, what's in it, like all of that type of stuff. And then going down to the making sure you don't have hazards out, like making sure that your oil is stowed properly, making sure that like your galley is put away properly. Like you've got sharp knives in your galley. You don't want those <laughs> things just sitting out on a butcher block. Like when you get like when you get going, they're just like sliding around. Like let's make sure that they're stowed properly. And like when you're out on anchor, let's pull everything back out. Let's make sure that we're doing the precautions beforehand that 
you're not putting someone else in danger. Yeah. Because it's just easier to do it beforehand, making sure you're not putting somebody else in danger. And then, or not and then, but then instead of taking those precautions beforehand, you then can save yourself so much time on the back end of having an instant. Yeah. So like set it, and it's, it's interesting with that because it takes on an aspect of there's leadership in that, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you can, if you and your crew can go get this training, understand part of it is understanding why you need to be safe on the water and why you need these things in place. So if they can understand it too, then when you come back to the boat and you apply those concepts to the real world, it actually makes sense. Like if you're not thinking about safety, like just in this conversation, I wasn't, before you said knives on a butcher block, like it's like, duh, but yep. I don't, I don't, I wasn't, I wouldn't even have thought like, oh, make sure you put your sharp knives away so they're not flying around if you get in the only reason, seas. The only reason I use that is like, we're sitting in the galley on this boat. So we're in this settee right now that's in front of all the cameras. There's the galley up there. So it's like a big country style galley, which is awesome. And it's like, we have all of our knives down on a butcher block. And it feels like a house when it's at the dock. Yeah. But when you're underway, it's not a house. It's a boat. No, and it's, for us, it's as simple as taking a rag, putting them over the top of the block, and then taking a piece of tape and making sure that they're not going to come out. Like, if you're into those type of situations, you're probably putting your boat into a situation that you shouldn't have. Mm. But it's, if we take all those precautions now, even if like you get a bigger wave than you were expecting or the weather forecast says, oh, you're going to see two to three foot waves. And you see that occasional four to five and you're like. Yeah. Plan for that extra 30% of chaos. Yeah. Okay. Do you feel like focusing on some of these safety things before they become an issue helps you avoid those other situations? 100%. Okay. Like, I don't know, so we're just talking off the cuff, but is there like an example of of when you started getting more focused on this preventative safety, things like that, did that then, was there anything that like a moment clicked where you're like, oh, okay, I see all these other dangerous situations, like let me start to avoid that. Did you feel like that came from learning more of the safety, the SMS stuff, like I don't know if there was like a specific situation that like sticks out in my head that I'm like, it's more over time. This is the one. I think it's a lot of like who you work with in the past. Okay. Like I've worked with a lot of other, I didn't just step into being a captain. Like I worked as a mate for a while. And a lot of what I like put what I've learned to is there's a company in South Florida that I worked with for a little while. Um, that's called Gallant Lady was the boat's name. Um, and they're, how you start with that program is when you come on to it, everyone starts as a mate. Okay. So even if you come in with a 200 ton license, a 500 ton license, if you're wanting to start with that company and that program, you start as a mate and you work your way up. So you get to learn every single system on the boat. You get to work with everybody in the same exact way that everyone else has. And from that, you get to learn all of the safety precautions and they make sure that the safety is put in place for you and you're learning it all. Okay. Because they don't necessarily know what you've done in the past, but if they teach you the way that they do it, 
everything then is kind of flowing together a little bit smoother is what we saw. How long were you a mate there? Um, I worked for that company for about two years. Okay. And so throughout that, I worked as a mate for probably a year and a half. Towards the end of it, I started to get put on to some of their other smaller boats. So at the time, they had a 66-foot Viking and a 66 Princess. And those would follow around the big boats. And they would, the big boat would go and anchor. And if we had guests flying in, the either the Viking or the Princess would go pick the guests up at the marina and then pull up alongside the big boat. Just a little 66-foot tender. Yeah, why not? That's uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so these, and these two, this program with Gallant Lady was, two, you said two fed ships. One was 178 and 173? Uh, 172 and 168. And they were sister ships of each other. Okay. And I'm sure a lot of people that have been in the South Florida area, they're the one with the three really, really tall windows on the side. Okay. So they're three vertical windows that are all in a line and they're pretty iconic. You, If you've been around there or if you see a photo of it now, you're like, oh, that's the Gallant Lady program. Okay. Because they've, I mean. And how many people were on each boat? Like, so how many people, yeah, how many people were, like in the staffing of the whole boat? Because that's not even so, how many people are on the boat. So inside the maritime, like their program, like inside their boating program, they had, I think we had 32 crew members. And on one of the big boats at any given time, we could sleep 11 crew members on that. And then on the smaller boats, we had two to three crew members on that at a time. Okay. And they staffed the boats very well. And that kind of led to the fact that you weren't having that burnout yep. because you were having it staffed well, because we would do three-day trips. So we would have guests fly in and on the same plane that the guests are flying in on, the guests that are currently on the boat would fly out on the same plane. So you would do a switch okay. within the same day. Imagine if you had full control of your boat, you felt safer, eliminated the unknown, and you were able to forecast and plan for your boat's upcoming maintenance instead of being caught off guard. Can you imagine knowing exactly what is installed on your boat down to the part and serial number on all of your standard and custom equipment at a moment's notice? Having instant access to your manuals while at dock or at sea and provide custom departure checklists specifically for your boat and your crew and being able to ensure the value and the pedigree of your boat with digital logs recording the full history of every event on your boat. Well, you can with Vessel Vanguard. We are the leading maintenance and safety management software in the marine industry. We work with a wide range of marine industry experts, including yacht owners, captains, ferry and tugboat operators. If you're looking to safeguard your assets and preserve your revenue, visit VesselVanguard.com and schedule a demonstration for yourself. The link can be found in the show notes below. We look forward to supporting you and your vessel soon. And we're, so I, this, I don't know if you just said this, right? Were these like uh, the seaplanes? Would they fly no, up? Or no, so it, it, there were private jets that they would fly in on. They would land in, then you go land get in at the, the local airport. Okay. Yeah. And then with you, the, the little tender. Yeah, with <laughs> the little tender. But like a lot of what I learned on that was you would do every single job. That's, that's so, huge. It gives you like a, do you feel like it gave you a well-rounded experience, like understanding of, of like, not just, hey, here's what systems are on board, but here's what, it actually takes like hours wise, knowledge wise, skills wise to get this particular task done. And then 
now that I know that I can do the next and the next and the next. So if you were to move up in management or now that you have your own management company and you're running a boat, like you actually can understand what that person is going through, what challenges they might run into, like be able to troubleshoot with them, like all those kind of things. Do you feel like it gave you like that kind of in-depth knowledge? And absolutely it did. And it also helped me a lot because we, every single person would do every single job. So for one group, I would be a server. For the next group, I could be a bartender. For the group after that, I would be on a small boat running them to a sandbar. Literally everything. Oh, literally everything. And so every group you would rotate through. And so you would then always get a new task. So you wouldn't get burnt out on always being outside, always doing the beach setup, always doing that every single time. And it was a very unique way of doing the yachting world because typical boats are not that way. You get hired on to be a third mate. You get hired on to be a bosun. That is your task. That is what you're doing. So it was very interesting and it was awesome for me because I got to learn every system with the boat. So now as a captain of this Marlowe, when we bring a stew on or when we bring a chef on, I would never cook on Aunt Gal- Gal- Lady. We had chefs on board. Okay. That, that's all they would do is they would, they would cook, they would do all the prep work, they would make sure of that. Um, and we had people in place that were like a head of department. So there was someone that was like an interior guy that would still help out outside here and there. But like he was the main guy of interior, so he knew everything. Yeah. Um, and so you could always fall back on that, which was awesome. That's awesome. And where did you go after that? So once you once you went through those two years, what was next? So I actually, um, home to me is here in Sarasota. Yeah. So I actually ended up coming back home with my girlfriend at the time. Now we're um, engaged and everything like that. Getting Congrats. married in December. Congrats, yeah. dude. Are Super excited. around here? Yeah, we'll get married here. We actually possibly are getting married on the new boat. We don't know yet. Um, nice yeah. per. The owner that I'm working with now, she, we kind of like, we're saying it one day as a joking manner of like, yeah, maybe I'll get married on the new boat. And she was like, no, I'd expect you to. Like, you got to go through a build process. She's like, you should. <laughs> and I'm like, what? What? No, like, she's like, no, you should. She, so we might, I don't know yet. It's still kind of up in the air. We just recently bought a house instead of doing the big wedding. That's so cool. Yeah. Put some money into investment in property and stuff like that. And with housing prices, it's... Oh, it's insane. Yeah, it is nuts. Yeah. So, all right. So you came back here and then came what back did here. you... I started working um, for a full-time owner on a 75-foot Lazara. Okay. Um, that was a very interesting boat to learn on. Um, Why? Uh, it was quad Volvo engines. So it's a pod boat. Uh, so it had quad pods on it. And it was no bow thruster on that boat. and But it had the joystick design. So for a 75-foot boat with no bow thruster, just being quad pods, it was still fairly maneuverable, which is pretty cool. Okay. Um, learned a lot on that. Worked with that owner for probably six months to a year. He was looking to kind of change, didn't know exactly what he was doing in the next path. And then I started wanting to step out and do a little bit more of like the management side, do some more deliveries and doing that side of things. So I ended up, uh, reaching out to a couple other captains of mine who were doing the management side and deliveries. Sure. They were delivering for SYS for a little bit and then also for Galati. 
And so I ended up started getting into them or getting in with them and started delivering boats for Galatis a good amount, either for new boat uh, trainings. So if a owner comes on and buys a new boat and they want a um, or, 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 or orientation process. Okay. Uh, so I would come on, give them like a day to two day uh, training program of these are all the systems you have on board, this type of thing. Um, and then also doing deliveries like to a boat show or new boat would come in. The owner just needed it brought to a different location. Glotties would call me and I'd help them deliver the boat. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you were going through that process and then you said that's how you ended up meeting. The yeah. Owner so, here. um, the owner that I work with now, this boat is insured by Chubb and Galati actually uses Chubb a good amount for a lot of their type of stuff. Okay. Or for a lot of their boats. And so the underwriter that I was using a good amount with Galati that I ended up just kind of running into that it would be, Hey, we have this captain coming on to do this job. Um, can we get your CV? Can we get your license? Everything like that. And it just somehow always ended up going through the same lady. And she ended up calling me at one point, this current Marlo that I'm on, they needed a new captain. They were looking for a couple months, couldn't really find one. And the, um, writer for Chubb, she calls me and she's like, Hey, there's an owner that needs a captain. I think you would be a good fit. Like, go talk with her, like go talk with them, see what they want to do. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm really kind of enjoying like my freelance job. Like I'm enjoying running my own business, this, that, and the other. She was like, go have a talk with them. You know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of captains. She was like, the worst thing you'll say no. And you might know somebody else that would really enjoy the job. I was sure. like, conversation won't hurt. The worst I say is no. The worst she said, like, yeah, nothing. Nothing bad comes from a sitting down and having a conversation. Yeah. Um, and we hit it off. Awesome family. And so we ended up, I said yes to working with them. And they knew that I was kind of doing this freelance thing. And so when this boat isn't getting used, I still help out Kaladi a little bit here and there. Sure. And that also helped out. We wanted a tender for this boat. So we ended up buying our tender through them. And I already had contacts with them, which was awesome. So that was kind of nice to go through. And it's been a very just awesome time working for this owner. That's been, that that has been a very cool thing about this industry that I'm, I'm learning is as I talk to more people and you come across these things, like just the, the insurance agent, underwriter, for example, it's like just by nature of talking to all these different people, you start to find ways that you can solve problems for people and just connect them. Uh, like, so if you're a broker, it's like, pay attention to the yacht management companies that are out there, the yacht captains, the people doing the deliveries, like understand who you're working with and what they do. And then like, I get people all the time that I'll reach out to like, Hey, you should talk to so-and-so because they need a management company or they're going to be coming down from Maryland to Stewart, Florida. Like you should talk to this person. Like they can at least help you for that time that you're down there. And it's nice because it always comes back to you. 100%. Yeah. And it's the captains having a good rapport with the brokers and with the owners and everything like that. And it's vice versa. Like it's the owners having a good rapport with the captain and the broker. And if 
you never know when I'm going to run into someone that's like, hey, I really want to buy a boat. It's like, oh, I had a great time working with this broker. You should go talk to them. Yeah. Or all the owners talk when they're sitting here at a marina, either they bring their boat in or a captain brings a boat in for them. They're all standing on the back deck, having a drink in the evening time. They go up and have dinner or appetizers or something like that. They all get to know each other. They all become friends. So then your name gets passed around through their circle. Yeah. So it's, you do a good job for this one owner. You don't know what two or three phone calls are going to come or five phone calls are going to come after it from that one job you did well. You have no idea. And that stuff comes through in, in a pinch, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so just take sales, for example, is like, I, I try to take that same approach with all these things is like, I'm going to do the best I can for you. It, I see that it's a good fit. So rather than me trying to like sell something that doesn't make sense for you, like, let me try to make this the best possible experience. We're going to tailor it. We'll get the training, all these things. And I'm just like, I'm going to do the best possible job for you. And then, you know, you might be in the, uh, towards the tail end of the month, you're looking for the pipeline, you're looking for an extra deal to come in. And yeah. then all of a sudden somebody calls you up and, and is like, Hey, so-and-so told me like, you guys have a great system and you can help me with this. Here's what's going on. Can you help me out? And like yeah. that person ends up, it's like, okay, then we hit the numbers that month because this person showed up and it was effort I put in three, four months ago and just, it seems like that's it. But by doing that, staying in contact and like keeping the quality of what you deliver at that level, opportunities just show up and you really have you have no control of when that will come back to you or how, and it might seem fruitless at the time. Like, like, uh, why should I take care of this yacht owner? Like, oh, they want me to go to the Bahamas again. And I got this thing. It's like, take a step back from it. Like, it's not all about you. If you help them and you go through like a tough time and you kind of have some challenges and you figure it out, like it's gonna, you're going to get rewarded for it in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a cool like field we get to work in because you get to travel this like almost lavish luxury lifestyle. (laughs) Like, yes, you're working during it. The days are hard. The days are long. Like you are working your ass off. Like you're, you're working, but it's like you get up in the morning, you walk outside with your cup of coffee. Like before you start your day, you're up before the owners are and you're in the middle of the Bahamas and you're like, wow. Like, this is awesome. Like, all right, let's go to work now. Like, and a lot of times, like, if you center yourself around the right people, like the owners that I get to work for, like I said earlier, it's a big family. Like, you get to go out to dinner with them. You get, like, they want you around because they enjoy who you are. They don't want to put themselves around people that they're not going to enjoy their vacation with. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So, and I think that's that's for younger people who are trying to get into the industry. I think that's bigger. That's a big point too. One hundred percent. And this is something I keep hearing from every industry: construction, the, the marine industry. When we talk to D'Angelo Marine over in Fort Lauderdale, like getting people into the trades, getting people into this industry is a pretty big struggle. And I think people don't even realize like what the opportunities are out there. And it's like if you're, you know, that generally speaking, if you're young person and you're looking to get into it is like, try to think of it in that perspective of you're going to be working your ass off. Like you're going to be doing all this stuff. You're going to be 
trying to find a pump that's somewhere behind a panel and you're going to be upside down and you shouldn't, your waist shouldn't have even fit through this hole that you're through. And you're just like, I, for the love of God, hope if I start yelling because I got stuck that somebody is going to pull my legs out and you might be tucked in there and it might be 110 degrees, but at least you can wake up in the Bahamas. You have a nice sunrise. You have all these things. And it's like, that will lead to other things, other opportunities. And you could be working like a call center job. I've worked call center jobs and like in like, and there's certain things that suck. And it's like, you can have things that suck over here Yep. and you can have something that there's going to be times that do suck about running a management company, about being a mate, a captain, but like overall, does this take you more in a direction of where you would enjoy your life, where you get something out of it? Like consider that, you know, and like you got into it by joining like a big program, like diving into it. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be a bartender tonight. I'm going to clean dishes tonight. I'm going to go bring people back and drive them. Like just like, trying to get into the mix of it however you can. I don't know. It's, and it's like a lot of these people that are working in like the call centers, let's say, like they go on their vacation a couple times a year if they are, and they're looking online of like where they want to go. And it's like, they're hoping that the internet is pretty much leading them the, the right direction or they yeah. talk to the right people of where, what vacation they want to go on, where it's like a lot of people in the industry have been to these really cool places. And it's like, this is somewhere I want to go when I'm not working. Mm-hmm. And like, you've already been there once. You've worked the whole time, but you know that the place is so cool. And you're like, now I want to go back for a vacation. But it gives you something to work towards. There's 100%. like, I think a lot of people right now, like younger people that I talk to, and I've been there before where you feel like hopeless or like you feel like there's no, like what's the point of working hard so I could have a boat like this or go yeah. to these places. And it's like, if you don't see that end result of that end payoff, sometimes it's, you kind of can get into the zone of like, what's the point? I don't know. And there's definitely a fine line of working in this field that you have to make sure that you keep the owner and you a little bit separate because um you all had someone else on in the past i forget her name but she was a captain uh, i think she runs the boat freddie oh yeah kelly gordon yes mm-hmm. and so she said something that struck out to me of like it was along the lines of like you get to travel this lavish like lifestyle but make sure that you don't get caught up living that same lifestyle because we're not making the money that they make like so yeah Make sure that you enjoy what you're doing here, but make sure you, you're saving for what's coming down the road. Like, make sure you're setting yourself up for your future success. Yeah, you're not balling out all the time just because you're in the Bahamas, <laughs> you're in Atlantis. Well, yeah, you know, I guess I'll get I get three $15 drinks right now. Yeah, yeah let me go out and buy a $150 steak tonight for dinner and do all this type of stuff. It's like, no, you can't always do that. Yeah. Like, you're still living... Yeah, you're working, you're doing your yeah. thing. Like you gotta be, you gotta be in it. Yep. It's like put in the time. Now you see what the potential is. You get a bigger sense of what life is and what the opportunities mm-hmm. are out there. And then you can kind of move towards that. Yeah. That's been a big change for me lately as I go through 
And like, you know, you learn more about life. Like I'm 30. I now have like a two-year-old daughter. It's just like that gives you some perspective. And then you're like, oh yeah, I understand now why my parents, why I thought they were out of their mind. And actually it's reasonable that they're pissed <laughs> off all the time. And so like when you start to get that bigger scope of like understanding what somebody's going through, like again, mm-hmm. I, I don't know the people that own this, but it's like, you have to run a business. You have to do things successfully. It's like, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of challenges that they deal with. When they show up, they want to use the boat. They want to enjoy it. Like the experience is good. Yep. It's not like what you might think when you're young. Oh, they're just some rich jerks or whatever. It's like, no, they're real people. They want to do this stuff. Like they paid a lot of money to do this. Like I'm going to give them the best experience possible. I think that's the funniest thing is when you said they're real people. Yeah. It's like, they're all still real people as well. Like that. They're not this like robot that did so well. Like talk to them like normal people. Like they don't want, at least a lot of the owners that I've worked with, they don't want this like robotic treatment. They, hello, sir. How are you? May I get you a drink? Like, (laughs) no, like just good afternoon, sir. Like what's going on? Like, how are you doing? Like it's. Yeah. Well, dude, one of the other things. I guess the last set of things I wanted to touch on is around Vessel Vanguard because that's how you and I work together is you brought the boat on, I guess, back in April now. So, and we're recording this in September. I'm glad I know what month it is. Yeah. I'm in that phase, got baby number two (laughs) on the way. So I'm like, wait, congrats. Thank you. It's like, is it December? Um, But so one of the interesting things that you said to me on the phone last week when we first decided to you know, book this podcast was I'm like, how are you using the system? How, how is everything going with this? And you're like, it's good. And we talked through some examples. You're like, yeah, now that I'm using it and the way that we've got the boat set up and like where it's at now for sale and all the, the, the way the missions are set up rather than having like 30 gallons of oil on board, I now keep 10 because I know when the maintenance is coming due. And I just thought that was interesting because, um, I was curious, like from a management side and a captain side, like how has, how has implementing like a preventative maintenance schedule and understanding what's coming due, like what are some of the ways that this has changed how you operate the boat, how you manage it? And it's like, we're keeping less oil on board. We're keeping less supplies on board. We're still keeping at least like one oil change kit on board. So in case of an emergency, we have the filters to change out. In case a filter gets clogged at some point during a sea trial or during this, we can still go down there and change that out. But it's not like we're in the Bahamas or we're on our way up to the Northeast or we're down to the Caribbean. Like we're not in those really far remote destinations. Not like the the Northeast is a far remote destination. But from here. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're not having to keep the two or three oil change kits on board. So because we're doing local trips, we're doing the surveys, the sea trial, or we're doing the sea trials and stuff like that and showings. And we're just running back and forth to the yard to either get hauled out to do a, to do a survey. Like it's very simple stuff that we're doing right now. So we're keeping the kind of minimum on board. So we're not having all the extra weight. We're not having all of the uh, extra supplies that could potentially go bad. Sure. All of that type of stuff. So we just slowly started to dwindle our stock down. And instead of going down into the hole being like, what did we have in here? I can go into the app or go onto the computer and just go, 
oh, so we already did one oil change. So that got rid of two of these filters. It got rid of two of these. It got rid of 10 gallons of oil. Okay, so now we have this on board. And so we're keeping the stocks a little bit lower, but it's allowing you to tailor what you're doing with the boat for what you need. And that's kind of the nicest thing that I've found with Vessel Vanguard. Okay. Is there so much that you can do with it? It just it, it just is kind of what you want to use it for. And so for us, we can really tailor the site to what we're needing to do. So I've kind of started setting up. I'm really looking forward to using it on the new boat. And that's when I'm really going to like hit the ground running with it. Cool. So this boat has kind of been awesome to get to learn the software, get to learn how everything works. So then when the new boat gets here, I don't have the learning curve with Vessel Vanguard of, yep. well, how did I put this inventory in? Or how did I do this? <laughs> like, no, now I know the software. So now that new boat, as soon as I get it, everything that comes on board, we're taking an in inventory of, it's going to go into boxes. It's going to go underneath this bed. We're going to label each box with a number. Each bed has a specific area on the site. So then if we ever have any questions, it's not, well, let's pull everything out of the bed. Let's get the inventory down and then let's go from there. Yeah. No, don't bring anything on board <laughs> unless we know it and it's written down somewhere. So then it can go into the software. And do you usually coordinate with vendors and stuff like that? Either with vendors or like my mate and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and it's awesome being able to work with people that you like are like-minded. Like the mate that I have on board full-time now, he's been on the bo boat longer. His name's Andrew. And he is very like-minded of wanting things organized. Everything has a place. And we want to make sure that it all goes in the same place because if it goes back to the same place it's supposed to be, then you're not having to chase your tail being like, well, where was that? Where does that need to go? Like, well, this is where the inventory says it should be. Why isn't it in here? Yeah. It's like, I'm guilty for it too. Sometimes you get done with a long job and you just want to toss it away somewhere. And it's like, you want to, like working on the discipline of like, no, let's go put it back where it needs to be. So then the next time we need it, it'll be easier. Well, it's the discipline part of it, right? Like that, and that's why it stuck out, stood out to me what you said, because it's, it's not like you implemented this and then everything was magic. It's like you, you kind of, when we first talked to like you had the mindset of, I'm already, I'm doing a lot of this stuff that we do with the software now, but you're like, I run my business this way. Like I run this almost as a business, like, this is mine. I know where everything's at. Like I'm getting everything dialed in. And then you're, you almost have to have that mindset in order to plug into what you're doing with the app and the way that you've got it set up. It, it was, it's cool to see that translate over. Like it's, it stemmed from the philosophy that you already had before. And then now it just kind of like plugs into that. Yeah. That's what, that's been cool to watch. Like with the conversations I had with you with other captains, like that's, I, for me, that's one of the coolest parts to get to go back to and be like, here's how we did it. Like, show me something cool. Like, here's a little tactic. And it's like, I talk to a lot of different people about like management softwares that were out there or like inventory softwares or like or how even to, spreadsheets. And yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Because that's what I used to run the whole boat off before is like Excel spreadsheets. Yeah. And like, I would label the spreadsheet of like this specific room. And then I would have what's inside that room, what's inside the beds, what's like where everything is. And I looked at so many different like 
apps and softwares and trying to find it. Sure. But like the best thing that I found so far with Vessel Vanguard is the fact that like I can pick up the phone and call somebody and it's, you get to build this rapport with you all that it's not just picking up a phone call and you're calling someone from Europe and they're like, yep, how can I help you? It's like, <laughs> sure. well, this is kind of what I need. And it's like, no, I pick up the phone, phone call and I get to call you guys and it's like, hey, what's going on? Like, hey, is this good? Is that good? Like, how's this build going? Like, yeah. and you have that like relationship and friendship going that like, it's not like it's a, just a straight vendor kind of Thank thing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. And when it was cool, like when we showed up, like we'd been, you and I have been talking on and off for, yeah, probably about six months, like directly. Yeah. And it was like, all right, nice to finally meet you. And you just kind of come in and it was, it just flows. It, it does. It's not that like, this is the first time we've ever sat down in front of each other and talked. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it doesn't seem like it's a. No, it's cool. Yeah. But that's the cool part about the internet too, is like, you get to have that, uh, connection and we put all these things out and like that's how you found us initially was through instagram and yeah reached out and uh yeah it's it's amazing how connected i think instagram partially melts everybody's brain but it also has its good if you use it the right way it's 100 percent good yeah like especially for what we do like and for the facebook side of things like to have all those facebook groups like daywork one two three fort lauderdale yacht crew like all of those type of groups it's sharing um, captains on college. Yeah. Like when I was living down in South Florida and I was doing a little bit of freelance on the side, like I put myself heavily into those sites and like it worked. Yeah. Like if you do it the right way. And that's another thing is it's, you never know what the next opportunity is going to be. So kind of, if you say you're going to do something, do it, like yeah. do it to the best of your abilities. Like obviously there's always something that you don't know. But also don't be afraid to be like, I don't know how to do that. Can you show me? Yep. Like that's the one thing with mates or like somebody that's wanting to like come up in the like industry. Don't be afraid to say that you don't know how to do it. Like I would rather train somebody or teach someone how to do it versus someone being like, I don't know how to do it, but this is how I think it should be done. And yeah. it's like, don't get yourself into a situation that you're going to regret what you did. Yeah. Because like, we're running very expensive assets for these owners. Like, yeah, I don't have the money in my bank account to fix something if I like mess it up. So <laughs> keep that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were running things, what, what was one of the biggest shifts when you went from, when you were running things on spreadsheets, you had a pretty good system in place. Like what that said, what was like a, what were some of the pain points that you were dealing with on spreadsheets and like, what was it like to communicate the status of the boat with the owner? What was it like to communicate with the crew using these tools that you kind of had built before? One thing's trying to remember what you labeled your things as in the past. <laughs> <laughs> I know I wrote this all down, but what did I title that spreadsheet? <laughs> like, that's true. And then you're trying to go through and find that one. Mm -hmm. And then you have to click on five or six different spreadsheets to find the one you really wanted. Yeah. But also the other nice thing about it for the owner standpoint is when you get to kind of talk to your owner or reach out and communicate with them is it's you allow like pre-departure checklists. You are, you will, you all have. Oh, that's like true. Your, um, like 
a monthly log almost. So mm-hmm. like you can go in and you can look and see what you did this past month and you can sit down and talk with your owner and do like a monthly sit down and go over it. Or you can even from there, you can sit down and go over uh, like a weekly check. And so you can be like, hey, X, Y, and Z were taken care of. If you want to take the boat out this weekend, please feel free, like go for it. Like this is something that I'm addressing or like I've noticed this. I need to keep an eye on it and keep looking at it, seeing if the pro- seeing if the issue is either growing or shrinking, mm-hmm. like what's going on here. So if you see this, please do not be alarmed. Like it's already noted. Got it. Like, like it's, it's on our radar. We're yep. taking care of it. Even if you see it's overdue or you see this happen yep. in person, like this is, we know what's happening. And I think a lot of things for the owners is it's, if they take the boat out and an alarm pops up, if they're not expecting the alarm to pop up, that freaks them out. But if you put that thing in the back of their head of like, hey, you might get like a, the 100 hour service is due. Feel free to use it this weekend for the two or three hours you're going to use it. The boat's going into the yard next week to get service. So it's, it's good. And so then when it pops up, it's like, nope, Ed already told me about that. I don't need to call them. Well, you like, have a command of the situation too. Yeah. And it's, that's been one of the big things that we hear from captains is the communications with the owners. That's one of the toughest things. And, and I think when Rick and Kelly were talking about this on that episode, it was a lot of the owners, they're used to getting jerked around and they're, they're, while yes, there are, I hate to say it, there's a good amount of scumbags that oh, yeah. do this stuff and it's like they'll jerk people around, but there's a lot of good quality captains and management companies out there that are actually doing the best they can and they're working and they might be working on something for six hours, but like if you don't have the ability to communicate that easily, then the owners by default, and I've talked to owners about this, they just assume that you haven't done what you need to do. Unless they've been with that captain for, generally if they've been with that captain for five, 10, 15 years, that's when it's different. Like they're more on in sync like that. But if you don't know that person very well, that's what people default to is like, well, this guy, what does this guy do? Oh, he's cleaning teak. Like, yeah, they don't know. What that does he do every eight, day? Like, oh, wait, that part takes eight hours. Like, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, you need to go down to the engine room. And I was working on this thing for four hours and I had to rip apart all this stuff. And then I did go out and get all the provisions that you need. And I got those back and the boat was spotless. So you had no idea, right? It's like, yes, but I didn't know any of the other things. So why am I paying you this much? Yeah. And I, you know, like the doubt makes people think the worst sometimes. You try and always have this like perfect show going on over here. <laughs> and then there's this curtain and it's like, there's chaos over here. It's like, let's not have the chaos come through the little white curtain. Like... But if you can show like, hey, the the chaos, while it's chaos, that's what I'm here to manage. I've got, I, I have the, the chaos is contained behind the white curtain. Don't worry. It's not going to ruin this. If it will ruin it, I will know before it's a surprise. Like, yeah. So when it shows up and we're out on the water and the alert pops up, this is not going to be, uh, you know, I'm not also learning about it at this moment. You know, like we've got this under control. And if it becomes a major issue, like you already know what you're working with. You know what systems are on board. You know where things are at. You know probably why this is getting worse. Like 
you know where to start troubleshooting when a safety issue actually arises. Like for example, on a boat that I was running, we had underwater lights on it that started to leak. Okay. And it just slowly started to, I think the, either the, uh, like the sealant that they use to like bond the light to the boat okay. either started to break down or it just didn't get, it didn't it, like adhere properly from the factory. And something so very time. simple, but it like let a little bit of water in. So the owner was out on the boat one day and he goes, Hey, I got this bilge alarm that came up the bilge pump ran. And I go, okay, no problem. Like a bilge pump kicked on. It's the reason they're on the boat. Gets the water outside. Don't worry about it. Nothing to be alarmed of. I was like, if it continues to run, let's see what's going on. I was like, but if it only went off once, once you get done with it, I'll come out and I'll see if I can like duplicate the issue. And so I went out, couldn't figure it out. Like didn't know where it was coming from, all this type of stuff. Left it in the water for a whole day. And then finally ran it for a little while, got the bilge pump to kick on hauled the boat out, dried the whole bilge out, and then put it back in, and then ended up opening all the hatches and being like, okay, where's the water coming from at first? Mm. And then figured it out. Like, so sometimes it's even with the owner of, unfortunately, they're going to get the first alarm because it's a boat. With the management company that I have, a good amount of the owners that I have, they can run the boats themselves. Like one of them is a 34-foot Chris Craft. Like it's a very simple boat to run. It has a joystick on it. The owner loves taking it out just for a sunset cruise. He'll take it off dock, go out and watch sunset, take it back. Very simple. He doesn't need a full-time captain. Sure. Or he doesn't need me to take him out to do that. Sure. Like that's not. And so he's sent me vote, like sent me a photo before and been like, hey, what does this mean? Like, hey, this popped up. Can we address it next week? And like, as long as you don't have the same issue happening every single time he goes out. It, like you said, it's a boat. Things do break, but it's, if something pops up with him on board, let me make sure that I get to that as soon as I can start addressing the thing. And then also show to him that, Hey, this is what's going on. These are the routes that I've taken to address this issue. And this is our solution for it. Yeah. It's so they feel like they're getting taken care of and you actually are because you're, you're seeing what's happening. Here's the solution. Here's how we're going to solve it. It's not that big of a deal. Come back in and we'll take care of it. When yeah. you go out next weekend, you'll be good to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, dude, I think before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to touch on specifically? Not that I can really think of. Um, trying to go back through like notes that I've made and all that type of stuff in the past. Sure. Um, not really anything that I can really think of. I guess as we leave it, is there any any tips that you would give to somebody that's got a management company that they're starting at or that they've just kind of like grown? Is there any any piece of advice that you would leave with them? I think the one thing that I would leave with someone that if they're wanting to get into it and have like a management company or something like that is you never know what the owner is going to grow into in the future. So sure. for the 34 foot Chris Craft that I run, it's his first boat. He's never been into boating before. So it's for me, I want to make sure that I'm keeping him happy, keeping him enjoying the boating field. And he's already talked to me 
pretty much as soon as he got that boat, we are always driving around and he's looking at these bigger boats and he goes, can we go look at that at a boat show? Can we go do this? And it's like keeping him interested in enjoying the boating field. So then you never know what that job is going to lead into in the future. Like who knows if he isn't going to get into an 80 foot boat in the future. And then I am just his full-time captain at that point. Yeah. Where. Yeah. The opportunities that pop up. So like work, work with your customers as they're at now, Mm -hmm. do the best job possible because you don't know what they might upgrade into and the opportunities that could come from that in the future. Cause if that takes, that process takes five, 10 years, but in that course of time, you've built a similar relationship with five, 10, 15 boats in that time, that's like a solid business. That's solid, steady revenue. That's solid opportunities that gets you closer to being able to have your trip be where you wake up in the Bahamas and you're not the one that's, uh, that's doing Drinking all the, the coffee on the half deck before I go to work. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe somebody gets to bring me the cup of coffee. Exactly. No, I don't want that. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Things change. Things change, but. Dude, thank you for doing this. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Where can people reach out to you? How can they find you? So I'm on Instagram. Um, that's kind of my like where I post a good amount of stuff. Okay. And yeah, that's we'll, kind of it. So. We'll put we'll put the link to that in the show notes so people can find you. Perfect. Um, yeah. Ed, thanks for doing this. Appreciate Absolutely. It. Thank you so much. It was awesome.